Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm joined here with my brother in Christ, Aaron Richards. I'm so happy to be here, Dan. It's going to be a great show today. Yes, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Yeah. Aaron, we have an incredible show today. I believe incredible that today's show. show, if you know people who are struggling in your life, uh, if, you, if you've been hungering in your heart to reach out to agnostics or atheists or those who are unbelieving or don't understand the teachings of the Catholic Church, today's show is a great episode for you because we are going to invite on a guest later today who is filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit and and is just uh, planted deeply in the pillar of truth of Catholicism and really hungry to share the faith with others. So it's going to be an incredible show. Uh, Aaron, can you open us in prayer? Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for the call that you've placed on our lives to be evangelists. I was praying this morning with Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, and this is the time when um, when Peter uh, experiences the first conversion of a Gentile through his preaching. Mm. And Lord, I, I pray that you would give us a renewed passion for preaching and conversion in the hearts of those who are unbelieving, whether they be family members, friends, whether they be coworkers. God, give us a passion for touching the lives of those who are far from you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Lord, we just pray that you would uh, open hearts, Lord, to an unbelieving generation that they would believe. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just allow us to come to believe again, Lord. We yes. pray for the gift of faith to be poured out uh, in North America, that the, the the North America would just become a believing nation again, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Name Dan, of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Beyond Damascus is the show where Encounter meets Mission, and uh, here at Damascus in Columbus, Ohio, Centerburg, Ohio, we are about the work of awakening, empowering, and equipping um, a generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith. So like St. Paul, who on the road to Damascus experienced a life-changing conversion moment that ultimately launched him into a life of mission, that's the work that we're about every day. And that's the mission of today's show. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you see in Paul's conversion, right after uh, his conversion, Ananias is told to go and to pray with Paul. And, and God tells Ananias, go, for this is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. So where was Paul called to go and to evangelize to the Gentiles, right? And I, those are the unbelievers. And I think that's so important for us to understand that that uh, fundamentally, when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are called to share the name with Jesus to those who do not believe in him. And brothers and sisters, I hope that today's show sets inside of you a fire that just cannot be contained, that you would have a fire to share the name of Jesus, to proclaim the 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 goodness of God to all that you encounter, right? Because we are living in the midst of an unbelieving generation. And you see that Jesus over and over again, Aaron, in the uh, Gospels, he says, uh-huh. uh, he, he calls the people around him this unbelieving generation. He it's says, how long? Mean. I know. How 
how long must I suffer this unbelieving generation, he says. And I believe that's the question that should be on our hearts, right? Uh, that how long will we suffer this unbelieving generation? That our hearts should pine and long and crave that the generation would become believing yep. again. That yep. they would have faith in God. That they would have faith in his miracles. That they would have faith in his existence. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. You know, Aaron, we're, we're faced with an unprecedented historic time in America. It's actually very scary that uh, this, this past year, a Pew Research study came out, and for the first time ever in U.S. history, the millennial generation has more non-Christians than Christians. The, the millennial generation has more people who identify with not being Christian than they do those who identify with being Christian. Yeah. For the first time in American history, we've lost a generation of Jesus. And it's it's our burning passion at Damascus to bring back a generation, to restore and to reclaim a lost generation for Jesus Christ. Listeners, this is not acceptable. It's not acceptable that we would lose our nation to the gospel, that the missionaries came here to proclaim the truth, and mm-hmm. they lost their lives in North America. The North American martyrs literally laid their lives down and suffered hardship and torture and death for the sake of the gospel and the existence of God to be proclaimed here, yeah. <laughs> and we're losing it. Yeah. I, I This weekend, I was listening to a homily by uh, Bishop Robert Barron, and he was speaking about the fact that today's generation is unbelieving. Um, I don't know where he got his statistics, but he, he was very convincing in his in his message. He always is. <laughs> <laughs> so he identified that, uh, that that one of the biggest reasons for the unbelief of this generation is that they've identified they no longer are convinced of the truth of its doctrine. Mm-hmm. Right? They're no longer convinced of the truth of the message of the church, and. Uh, you know, in in the way that he does, he went on to identify that um, this this fundamental concept of Christian apologetics, which we had, I believe as a culture have sort of stepped away from. Why? Because it's not nice. Um, <laughs> and I mean, going back to the name of our show, because it's typically not something that's founded in encounter. But y- you need both, and right, you need the foundation on which to build the structure. And uh, Bishop Barron was saying that um, that. So many of the arguments of the new atheists of today that have convinced an entire generation to leave the practice of their faith, essentially. Um, you know, uh, he, he cited that they, w- they wouldn't make it through a sophomore philosophy class, right? And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and that we, we simply need to be ready to stand up and make an account of our faith. Yeah, we need to know the arguments, right? What, what, why do you believe? And I, I think it's, it's easy to... Uh, to say that we believe, but are we able to actually give a defense of our faith? And that's so important. And it's, uh, you know, I'd say, Aaron, you said that a lot of them, they just, they, they, they don't buy into the truth. I'd say a lot of them too, they just aren't asking the questions. They're yeah. so distracted uh, by the the lures of the world and the, um, just the, the, the pace of our society yeah. and the distractions of our society. They're no longer even asking. It, it blows my mind how often I've had conversations with people who don't believe in God. And when you ask them why, it, it, it's almost as if their answer is, uh, and this is simplifying their answer, but, well, I haven't really thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, wait a second. <laughs> this is the most important question of your human existence, yeah. and you're telling me you haven't thought about well, it. Well, the funny thing is, whether you, whether you think about it or not, um, 
you know, we are surrounded by, by a philosophy that's contrary to the gospel every day. Every time you log on to Facebook, every time you log on to Instagram, every ad that you encounter, every news article on your Apple News app in the morning, it, it's, it's teaching you a doctrine, right? Mm-hmm. And that doctrine ultimately in today's world is often not Christian. Yeah. So while we may say I simply haven't had time to think about it, the thoughts that I have been filling my mind with have been teaching me something else, something contrary. So it, it, it's actually our responsibility to be able to go above and beyond to, to seek out the truth. It's also our responsibility as Catholics to evangelize our families, right, and, and to engage them in those conversations so that our children can begin to ask the right questions, so that we can begin to have those, you know, I'm, 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 speeching, I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now. Well, yeah, but if when's, we t- when's the last time I started an apologetical conversation with my kids at dinner? Yeah, never. If, but if you, <laughs> if you have those conversations with your coworkers or with your family members— you know, it's it's difficult and hard and uncomfortable. And I think today's show and the guest that we bring on later is going to show you that there's there, there's so much freedom and joy in stepping into Amen. the uncomfortable. You know, I think a lot of times the reason we don't evangelize is because we don't know our own identity. We want so badly to be accepted by others. And the reason we want to be accepted by others is because we don't know how accepted we already are to the Father, mm. right? That he has already found you acceptable. And so the rejection of everyone else, it can't offend you, right? That when you know that the Father has accepted you and that you've been brought into his kingdom and you've been made not just his son or his daughter, but also his heir, his heir to the kingdom of God, the rejection of someone who doesn't even believe in the kingdom can't offend you. So brothers and sisters, I just pray for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now that the spirit of sonship would fall over you, that you would just be filled with Holy Spirit right now, that you'd be able to cry out, Abba, Father, that you you would know that your father, your dad in heaven loves you and he has found you acceptable. And that when you go and proclaim the kingdom and, the, and you, you share testimony of Jesus, his son and of the father, that, that you can't be rejected. Holy Amen. Spirit, just fall right now. You know, Aaron, I think the, you, you, you alluded to this in the sense of um, you mentioned that our culture indoctrinates us, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, we are now living in a post-Christian uh, culture. It, it's a post Christian generation, a post-Christian culture where um, for so many years, uh, centuries, basic Judeo-Christian beliefs were ingrained in the fabric of human civilization. And so human civilization, culture itself, taught you Judeo-Christian beliefs. And now we're almost seeing a contrary where the culture um, is in many ways hostile to ju- uh, to basic ju- Judeo-Christian beliefs, um, but it, you can't rely on culture to teach anymore. Um, instead, uh, I would say you could rely on on, on culture to, to create within another person this, this questioning spirit or the yeah. spirit of doubt, um, especially against uh, authority, right? It's the, the authority of God and the justice of God. And so, um, so we almost at, at our time have uh, the same reality that the early church had hmm. at, at their disposal, where they're going out to an unbelieving cu- culture, a generation who did not believe 
in Jesus Christ, who did not believe in, in many respects in, in a monotheistic God, and they brought conversion. Do you remember that conversation years ago, Aaron and I were with our bishop, and I don't remember, maybe it was me, maybe it was you, maybe it was someone else, but uh, we posed the question to the bishop um, in our diocese, how how should we evangelize the, the youth of today? Mm-hmm. And do you remember what Bishop Campbell's response was? I'm putting you on the spot. That's okay. <laughs> it was years ago. It stuck with me. He said— I'll let you know if this is a true story. He said, you not. know, I, I believe that the, the situation that our young people are facing today is not unlike the situation oh, yeah. of the early church, that we actually get to step into a post-Pentecost uh, experience right now where, just like St. Paul, we get to go out and we get to proclaim the gospel to a Gentile nation. And here's the really cool part. What the apostles saw, we get to see. Mm. That that what, what the apostles saw, if we live our lives like them, we get to see the glory of God manifested. And that's why we believe on the show so much that miracles are being increased because we're living in an agnostic, atheistic time period. And so the the Holy Spirit wants to increase the number of signs and miracles that would give mm. evidence of the existence of God and the divinity of the super, uh, uh, the divinity of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah, and and as we continue to to dive into what is a new um a new season, right? right? A new uh, a new time, a new call, a new era of 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 evangelization, we need to be ready to embrace new methodology, right? Exactly. So that's awesome. That's inspiring. We're, we're going to talk about some of that new methodology in just a little bit. Um, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back after the break to welcome today's guest. And friends, if you have ever listened to this show before, you should know that pretty much everything we talk about is evangelization. And this is a this is a really different and and great way to evangelize, um, and it's one that's that's often sorely lacking. Um, and I'm excited to learn, I'm excited to grow, and I'm excited for you to do the same. That's awesome. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. When we get back, we will sh- hear from our guest, Roberto Raffo. See you after the break. He was a mystic and reformer who died at the age of 33. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Catherine of Siena accomplished something no one thought possible. She convinced Pope Gregory XI to return to Rome after the popes had lived in France for almost the whole of the 14th century. They've been there ever since. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Now there's a fast and easy way to get in touch with EWTN. The EWTN Everything Number. Call 1-800-447-EWTN to get the latest information on programming, special events, pilgrimages, and more. Our EWTN Family Viewer Services representatives are ready to help you with whatever your needs may be. The EWTN Everything Number. 1-800-447-EWTN. EWTN. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us today. We've got an amazing guest in store. Today's show is really focusing on the theme of apologetics. Apologetics was a big hot word in church culture, especially here on EWTN Radio in St. Gabriel 
uh, you know, over the past few years. And it's truly an area where I believe the Lord's calling us to press in again. Yeah, I'm really excited for our guest. So he's 18 years old. He's studying apologetics and theology in university right now. He's from Toronto, Canada, and he's he's actually joining us from uh, on FaceTime audio, which is really exciting. Let's give it up for our guest, Roberto Raffo. What's hey, up, Roberto? Roberto? This is Hi, awesome. Hi, Aaron. How are you? So I Thank love you for this. joining us. The way, the way we got to know uh, Roberto was he actually reached out to EWTN and just said like, hey, I want to share my story and want to share about my mission if anyone's willing to, 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 to listen. And I think that's just such, it gives mm. such an example of uh, the kind of man <laughs> that you are, Roberto, that your heart's on fire for the gospel and you just, you're hungry uh, to get to, to preach the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you so much for the fire in your heart and your hunger. Amen. Why don't we start, before we talk about where, what you're doing right now, why don't we just share a little bit with our listeners, how did you come to have a, a relationship with with Jesus Christ in your life? Uh, originally, I came to faith in Jesus Christ because of my father. Uh, my father is mm-hmm. very spiritual. He introduced me to Christ so beautifully. Uh, he introduced me to prayers, reading the Holy Bible, going to the Holy Mass, and so forth. I was brought up Catholic, but I had so, so many answered questions. So I would say that I really came to authentic faith in Christ when I began to study and learn why Catholicism is true. Now, this is to say that I was quite lost on my journey to Catholicism. However, I took the time and effort to find the truth. And Jesus said, if you search with all your heart, you will find. And it turns out he was correct. And I found the truth and I'm living it until today. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, what age were you when like, you first started asking these questions or like, really wanted to start studying the faith to, to seek the truth and discover Jesus? Yes, this was uh, back in grade nine. High school is when all the students began to ask questions about what they believe. And in grade nine, I didn't know why I believed in Catholicism. So students would ask me, why do you believe in the existence of God? Uh, Why do you believe Jesus is the Messiah and so forth? And I didn't have an answer. And so this pushed me uh, to search for the truth and to study why we believe in Catholicism. And so when I learned why I believed in Catholicism, I shared it with my friends, and some of them came to believe, mm. and some I, I instilled this curiosity in uh, to search uh, to find the truth. Yeah, you know what's so interesting about that, Roberto, is there's, uh, and I don't know if you're familiar with this study, but there was a study done called Going, Going, Gone, where they discovered that the average age when a young person makes a decision whether or not they're going to remain Catholic as an adult was age 13, which is wow. right around grade wow. nine, right? And it, or, or younger than that, I guess, but it's a, it's such a staggering age because it is that age when you're asking those critical questions. Is God real? Mm-hmm. Does God exist? Why, why be Catholic, right? Yeah. And, and, I think it's so neat that when those questions started to be uh, arisen in your heart, you actually did something about it, where yeah. most people just ignore the questions and ke- ke- carry on. So give a context of what does a ninth grade student look like? How did you study the faith, and how did you enter into prayer during that time period? Yeah, very good question. Um, so I began to study the faith because of unanswered questions. That was the prime reason uh, why I did all this. Um, and I thought to myself, if Catholicism is indeed true, I have to do something about this. If God mm. exists, I'm pretty sure he wants others to know about his love and how uh, he wants others to come into communion with him. So 
I began to ask, how do I know God exists? Uh, is Jesus the Messiah? Is Mary really the mother of God? Uh, so on and so forth. Uh, who is the Holy Spirit? These sorts of questions. Uh, and so I started going online because this was before university, uh, studying uh, uh, why Catholicism is true. I studied uh, other branches and denominations of Christianity. I studied Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism. Just trying to search for the truth, ultimately. Uh, but it always led me back to Catholicism, and that's why I'm still a Catholic today. That's, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. Praise the Lord. And, and can you share a little bit of, like, did you, in that in that search, did you ever question? Was there, like, a time period where you were like, oh, man, the more I study, the more I unbelieve? <laughs> or or was it, <laughs> or was it, was the fog always kind of lifted away and there was clarity throughout the whole time? I must say that by studying Catholicism, I, I see it as a very clear path, a clear direction uh, to the truth. Uh, before I studied Catholicism, I was confused and I would say, uh, I don't know if God exists. I don't know if Jesus is the Messiah. I don't know if I'm following the right religion. Uh, but after studying, uh, it collected me to the spot of truth. Yeah, amen. Um, Roberto, so many of our listeners today have students who are probably similar in age to when you started searching for truth. And I'm wondering maybe if you can offer any resources that were particularly moving to you. Yes. Um, for teachers out there uh, who are teaching students or parents who are even teaching their kids, any particular person who is teaching someone who is younger than you, I think it's so important to, uh, whether it's going online, asking uh, a fellow uh, major in theology or apologetics, mm. uh, just search uh, for why you believe in what you believe. So if you approach someone younger who is confused, you can lead them to the right path instead of uh, leading them uh, to be confused for the rest of their life. Be that that spark, uh, instill the Holy Spirit in them mm. uh, to work in them and then bring them to the truth eventually. Yeah, I love that. I think there's something profound about just inviting a young person to uh, or an adult to just put into google your questions right and and exactly, not, right. and to 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 say okay i'm going to study and i'm going to search and i'm going to seek out what's right i mean 100% of what's out there on google is accurate That's right Aaron? Just, i was just going to say that um, <laughs> you know uh, i i suppose there's probably a portion of of our listeners today who haven't searched for answers to questions about the catholic faith online and um I, I I do want to speak to the fact that if if you're searching for answers to theological questions on Google, it it may be good to try to find you know whether it's ewtn.com or whether it's catholicanswers.com, a reputable source that's actually founded in the truth of the church. Yeah, exactly. Um, that there you know there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of anti-Catholic resources that masquerade as. Um, you know, attempt to capture that same audience. But oftentimes that's also one of the greatest ways to learn. You yeah. know, one of my, one of my favorite patrons, um, St. Thomas Aquinas, he, his, his methodology of teaching was in fact by researching the contrary arguments. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, uh, Roberto, before we move away from your testimony, cause I think it's so compelling, can you share a little bit more about the witness of your dad in your life and mm -hmm. how, how your father, um, what did he do that instilled faith, and how how is it that that led to faith as opposed to annoyance? Because <laughs> sometimes a very zealous father or or mother could sometimes annoy their child as opposed to spur faith. 
Yeah, sorry, okay, I, I got great. a bit cut off. No, that's uh, great. So, yes, you were correct when you said uh, sometimes it could get a bit annoying, especially when you're younger. Uh, my father used to bring up so many stories from his past over and over again. And I used to go, I, you told me this several times. Why are you bringing this up again? <laughs> but as I aged, as I grew up, as I uh, developed in spirituality, I came to realize that he's uh, bringing this up again to remind me of a certain lesson uh, that he learned from his past that he would like me uh, to know and learn. But my father has inspired me on several occasions. One of the main ways he inspires me is by praying over me. Mm. Uh, I must say that when he prays over me, I shiver and I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit flowing from his hands upon me. My father also inspires me through the beauty and dedication of his prayer. When I pray with him, I can truly say that I feel the presence of God in the room. We pray the rosary together along with my eight-year-old sister and it creates this beautiful atmosphere and i would conclude this topic by saying that the feeling of the holy spirit can spark this interest and love for our lord mm. jesus christ and can further motivate one who is seeking god with all their heart i love that praise the lord you know saint paul says that we can't even say jesus is lord except through the holy spirit and i think there's so like as you're testifying, Roberto, it's the, it's the presence of God who's made manifest to us through the Holy Spirit so that we could encounter the, uh, the Father. And in that, we come to know that we are His sons and that, uh, that He is real and He's alive and He's active. You know, one of, one of my favorite defense for the existence of God is when someone says, well, well why do you believe in God? I, I like to start by simply saying, well, because I've encountered him. I've heard his voice, and I know he's real because I've had a conversation mm. with him. And I like to see their reaction because no matter what, I could give the best defense in the world, um, and, and they could say, well, I disagree with that, I, with that philosophy, right? Or uh -huh. they could counter-philosophize me, right? But they can't, they can't say that I didn't encounter him. Like when I say, yeah, I've heard his voice. Like they can't say, I disagree with that. Well, I'm sorry. I'm either, I'm either a lunatic or I heard his voice, right? And uh, you could either, I'm, yes. I'm either a lunatic or I experienced his presence when my dad prayed over me for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like you can't argue that, which is so uh, compelling. Yeah, and and Roberto, you witnessed to the fact that we need both the encounter with God and the foundational intellectual ascent that that necessarily follows. Right? I think so many times we're tempted to um, maybe suggest that one without the other is is appropriate or or more effective, right? Correct. And, and, and you truly can't have an intellectual encounter with God because we are, human beings aren't simply intellectual beings, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our, our encounter with God can't simply come through our intellect. Yeah, and, and nor if it's just a, a spiritual encounter with God <clears throat> without the intellect, then or, it, yeah, it'll or fade emotions, away. Right? Yeah, exactly. This is so good. I just love it. Okay, Roberto, so you're, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're on fire uh, to discover truth, and you start discovering truth. So share a little bit. Okay, what was, what was high school like? Did you start like, uh, immediately sharing your faith, or how did you kind of win people to the, to the gospel? Yeah, I'll take you through the journey from grade 9 to grade 12. Uh, from grade 9, uh, I didn't share at all. Uh, or Later on, I started to share, but it wasn't as uh, strong and confident as I am now. Uh, but I would tell everybody, hey, God exists, because my, the majority of my class was athe were atheists. Uh, so I would tell them God exists, and then they would say, no, he doesn't prove he exists. 
And that's when I go full stop, how um, <laughs> most uh, <laughs> Catholics are today. They go full stop. And I didn't know what to say, to be truthful. Uh-huh. Uh, but then starting from grade 11, because I took uh, two years to study from grade 9 to grade 10. And then from grade 11 to grade 12, I started challenging, uh, debating. And during mostly of uh, grade 12, I would put a full stop on other people instead of on me. And they would try to make uh, tongue twisters and uh, just try to put me down. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it was an intellectual debate. Uh, some were, some didn't believe for emotional purposes, some for intellectual purposes. But at the end of the day, I, I bring uh, some of them to uh, come to know Jesus Christ and establish a relationship with him. Yeah. Wow, that's so amazing. Can you share maybe a few uh, experiences you had of someone having a conversion because of your relationship with them? Yes, uh, I've helped many individuals convert, uh, whether that's through an online discussion, a one-on-one conversation in class, or perhaps a casual talk with a dear friend. Out of about seven conversions, I would like to share with you three that really stand out to me. The first is an atheist conversion who strongly disliked God for emotional purposes. The second is an agnostic who didn't know what to believe. And the The third was actually a Jewish friend of mine uh, whom I loved to spend time with because he would often shed light about uh, Old Testament facts that I never knew before. The first is the atheist conversion who strongly disliked God for emotional purposes. This was in one of my classes and out of blue, my atheist friend shouted to the class about how against God he is. I don't know if he did it to be funny or to display something to me, but this to me is a serious matter that needs to be addressed. (laughs) So in front of the class, I asked him why he's against God, and he explained his hatred for God so ruthlessly. It hurt to hear some of the words that he was speaking. Mm. He explained how God took away the life of his mother and didn't show him any love by doing that. I deflated the balloon by commenting, how can you hate something that doesn't exist? And at this, he was silent. He, he pulled me over at the end of class to discuss, and I argued favor God's existence, of course. I provided evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And lastly, I welcomed him to the Catholic faith with love and compassion. Late the next week, my dear atheist friend confronted me and stated that he was a believer. His fellow atheist friends tried to persuade him there is no God, but I already instilled the work of the Holy Spirit in him by establishing good ground for God's existence, that Jesus rose from the dead, and that the Catholic faith would like to welcome him into its beautiful community of believers. Do I have time to mention two more? (laughs) Yes! Oh man, that was so good, Roberto. Here we go. Praise Jesus. The second story is more sincere. Uh, It is of an agnostic friend of mine to believe. Uh, this conversion story took place in uh, philosophy class, actually. Uh, our philosophy teacher wanted us to debate for God's existence. Those who believe God go on the right, and those who don't believe go on the left, and agnostics in the middle. One of my dear friends was in the middle, and it hurt. I thought to myself, now I can bring my friend into fellowship with Christ, and perhaps I can persuade the left to join the right. So I began to speak, and of course, being filled with the Holy Spirit, lit a spark in my dear friend to love Christ so sincerely. Again, I used the same three arguments I always use, the cosmological, the teleological, and the moral arguments. After he was convinced God exists, I introduced him to the love Christ has for him. Romans chapter 5 eight teaches that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This opened his eyes unto understanding that Christ really wants him. And after class, we had a small chat and he came to faith 
Christ, and until this day, he has not let go. And now the final <laughs> conversion you, story I would like to share is the story of my dear, dear Jewish friend. Now, this friend of mine would always speak in class to my fellow friends about how Jesus is not the Messiah, Jesus isn't who they think he is, and so on and so forth. Before jumping into the debate, I did what I always do. Before I did this interview, I did this. Before I debate, before anything, I prayed to the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit speaks through me to instill this belief in others. And personally, I think it's quite beautiful and amazing the way that the Holy Spirit works. So I prayed to the Spirit and I was off and running. I provided scriptural passages like Isaiah 53 of the suffering servant, the book of Psalms on how it is described. They would pierce my hands and my feet. Not one of his bones shall be broken and so forth. He got quite shy after he noticed someone is actually standing up to this intelligent man for once. And after class, I pulled him aside and he spoke about how he felt something in me, that he felt some sort of presence. And that's when I introduced him to Christ and he believed. You see, although I've been doing this for a few years now and only seven have converted, three of which I share today, I have instilled this curiosity in everyone that Catholicism might actually be true. Mm. And truthfully, that's good enough for me. It's good enough for unbelievers who don't want to believe to say that Catholicism might actually be true. I apologize if that was a bit too long. No, not at all. That's amazing. I want that all day. Yes, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in Roberto's life and in the life of those that he touches. Roberto, how do you deal with rejection? Oh, sorry, I got cut off again. Oh, you're good. How do you deal with rejection, Roberto? Uh, I dealt with rejection uh, a lot because there are open-minded people and not so open-minded people. Uh, But I take rejection as a motivation uh, to continue to persuade and to bring the other person into the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. I would pray for them. I'd offer up uh, petitions for them in the Holy Mass or prayers in the Rosary for them. And I trust in God and the work of the Holy Spirit to uh, bring them to accept uh, Catholicism. That's amazing, brother. I love that. You know, I think it's so interesting because a lot of times the reason we don't share our faith is because we're afraid of rejection or we're afraid that uh, people won't accept us. And when we do that, we make it more about us than we do about the one who sent us, you know? And, and instead, you you know, you know it's not about you. It's about the one who sent you. And so when they reject you, you just go back to the one who sent you and said, okay, I wipe my hands of this. You deal with it. Right? And that's what intercessory prayer is. It's oh, uh, that this is out of my control. The only yeah. conversion only comes in and through the Holy Spirit. And so while it's our job to proclaim the truth and to share the witness to the gospel, it's up to uh, the spirit of truth to open minds and hearts and bring conversion. And, and I think it's so beautiful. I, I also, you know, Roberto, as you're sharing your testimony, you see over and over again in the scriptures before Jesus uh heals the sick or raises the dead or performs a mighty work, he always, it, it, Scripture almost always says he was moved with compassion. Mm. And I love that phrase Perfect. because it shows that compassion must proceed precede all works of evangelization. That if I'm sharing doctrine uh, or if I'm giving proofs for the existence of God, but I lack compassion for the individual, uh, there's there's no way that I can soften their heart to receive the truth. And I mm-hmm. I think compassion is just, it's it's coming off of your, out of your voice, out of your heart. You can share, like you can see that you have love for those that you share the gospel with, which is awesome. 
Correct. And going back to the Holy Spirit, that's something very important and something that I love that you mentioned. It's a very important person of the Trinity to understand. Uh, the Spirit has many roles. He works in the hearts of all people everywhere. And then John 16, 7 to 11, Christ says so clearly that he would send the Spirit into the world to convict the world of sin. Thus, responding to that conviction brings man to Christ-like direction. Mm -hmm. Jesus also said that he would send the Spirit to us to be our helper, comforter, and guide. The Spirit is works as the revealer of truth. And Jesus Christ is the ultimate truth. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is seen as one who opens the heart and mind of one to Christ. Amen. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is so good. Thanks so much, Roberto, for sharing. So could you share maybe with our listeners, um, what's your prayer life like right now? Yes. Um, my prayer life, I wake up in the morning. Uh, this is what we learned since we were kids. My father would teach us to do this. You wake up, the first thing you say is, thank you, Lord, uh, for giving me life that I am still awake today. And then as soon as we get up before breakfast, before eating, before saying good morning, before anything, we do our prayers in the morning. Uh, I do my divine mercy in the morning. I do an Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, and prayers like that. And then I do a meditation to the Holy Spirit. Later on, uh, throughout the day, uh, I have conversations with Christ. I explain to him how I feel, uh, what I would like to do. I'd ask him for help. I'd give thanksgiving and praise, worship and honor to him. Uh, in the evening time, I do the rosary with my father and my eight-year-old sister, Amira, uh, and we pray together, uh, and we always feel the presence of God. But I think that prayer is not only uh, about worshiping and praising, but it's also about the relationship that you connect with Jesus Christ and share with him because he is your best friend. He is always there for you. He is that person who will never let go of you. You can always, he will always be there for you uh, to hear your troubles, to hear your joys, to hear your pains and sufferings. And this is my typical prayer life. That's, That's amazing. amazing, man. So what do you think God's dream for your life is? Uh, well, I must say that he has put this mission of teaching in my heart. Uh, growing up in as I said, I noticed too many Catholic students being asked very basic questions about our Catholic faith. And what I always witness is the Catholics standing there, not knowing what to say. As a matter of fact, the Catholic almost turns to follow atheism. It's sad indeed. However, my goal, my mission that Christ has called me to do is to educate Catholic believers about why we believe and what we believe. To answer questions like, does God exist? Uh, is Jesus the Messiah? When do we receive the Holy Spirit? And so forth. My goal is to make Catholics firm in their faith and to be able to provide reasons for their belief in Catholicism. So the next time a fellow Catholic is asked a question, I want to make them firm in their response and I want to hear the confidence in their tone. Therefore, I would conclude that the mission Christ has called me to do is to strengthen the fellow believers within our Catholic community because I find this extraordinarily important to instill the knowledge of the truth in Christ. At this point, when I'm in the process of conversing with an unbeliever, the Holy Spirit does the rest, and it always turns out for the good. Amen. Praise the Lord, man. I, I love that. I think there's such an anointing on your life, and um, you share in, in such a way where the presence of God um, fills you, and you can experience and encounter the presence of God, just much like St. Paul encountered the presence of God on the road to Damascus, and yeah. then that encounter led to his ability to proclaim the gospel to the mm. Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Can you describe for our listeners um, 
what you mean by that you 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 feel the presence of God. That may be an experience that some people haven't had yet, and so maybe you could share what what that is, uh, what that experience is like. Yes. Okay. It's a very interesting a type of feeling. Uh, most of the time, it's a shiver. Like when I said, when my father prays over me, I feel the shiver. And this was before I started to study why Catholicism is true. And so this goes to show that it's not an intellectual uh, type of thing that gets you to believe in Christ and love Christ. It's the relationship and what you feel with Christ uh, that establishes and grows you. Mm. So it's the shiver that I get. And I feel it's the Holy Spirit. Uh, when I talk, uh, I was discussing with many atheists and grown-ups, uh, and they would ask me questions that I never knew before. And in my heart, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, give me an answer. And I answer them, and I don't know the answer. So this is the work of the Holy <laughs> Spirit. And I think it's so beautiful uh, the way he works. And I think that each person everywhere around the world uh, should welcome the Holy Spirit into their hearts. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's yeah, so, that's so good. I just want to I want to pray right now for that uh, experience. Um, R- Roberta, would you want to lead a prayer for our listeners to experience the presence of God right now in their life, the shiver of God? <laughs> of course, uh, it, the prayer that my father always does with me, I'd like to do it uh, with everyone here mm. today, and it's a prayer that most uh, people know. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of Thy faithful. And then kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So good. Thank you for doing that, Roberto. You know, I think if if right now there's something stirring up in you listeners, a hunger for more, just I want to encourage you um, just to make that your prayer. Like, Lord, I want more. I yeah. want more of the Holy Spirit. I want that. I want that shiver. I want that encounter, that experience, that presence to follow me, like Roberto is talking about. And Lord, I want you to infuse my mind with your divine mm. wisdom and your knowledge and your understanding that these are gifts of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to earn the gifts; they've already been earned for you by Jesus Christ and His blood on the cross. And so, the gift of the Holy Spirit has been earned for you, listeners. You don't have to earn it. All you have to do is receive it, right? Mm. That after Pentecost, when Peter starts preaching the gospel, it says that the listeners there were cut to the heart and they say, what then shall we do? And he says, repent and believe, right? That it is repentance and belief that Mm. lead to uh, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so repent of your unbelief. And start asking for the Lord. Have that hunger inside of you. Say, Lord, I believe. I want more. I want more. It's so good. Okay, Roberto, I want, I want you to go on a soapbox for a minute, okay? If there, what do you yeah. think the Catholic Church in America and Canada and across the world, how do you think we can respond as a church more to this crisis of agnosticism and atheism? Mm. Mm, it's very difficult uh, as a church community uh, to uh, confront atheists and agnostics with dealing with this issue. But I think there's a different solution rather than the church confronting them directly. I think that uh, it would be better off that the church educates uh, young believers in their parish to go forth 
into the world and educate unbelievers, agnostics, and so forth. Uh, so I think that it's through youth that they should educate uh, so that they will go out into the world and preach the word of God and uh, instill belief in unbelievers. Amen. That's so good. Okay, Roberto, before we, before we end our, our time together today, do you think that it would be possible for you to share your favorite proof for the existence of God with us? Of course. Uh, I'll list three today, uh, just for the sake of everybody who's listening. <laughs> I, no, I, I want you to actually teach it. I want you to teach it. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's the cosmological, the teleological, and the moral argument. Yep. The cosmological argument is uh, quite simple. There's three premises. Uh, whatever begins to exist has a cause for its existence. The universe began to exist. Therefore, uh, the universe has a cause. Uh, and this proves that God is the best explanation for why there is something rather than nothing. When you study uh, macroevolution, for example, uh, it seems like mere chance that everything has come about into being, and it's just not reasonable. And I like to bring up Pasquale's wager, who says it's uh, more better to and more probable to b believe that God exists uh, than not to believe, because if he does or he doesn't, at the end of the day, you lose nothing if uh, you believe mm. and you gain if you believe if you don't believe you lose god and his kingdom and uh you inherit uh eternal damnation which of course is not good the second argument is the teleological argument uh which introduces intelligent uh design uh, look around you the beauty of creation when you see a building you know there's a building when you see a painter you know there's a painting when you see creation you know there's a creator the intelligent design and uh, creation of the earth the atmosphere, the galaxy, the entire universe in general, the exact distance of the sun, the levels of the water. If anything were a bit off, life would not be sustainable. So the best, the best outcome, the best explanation is God. And then thirdly is the moral argument, which uh, is almost universally uh, accepted that there is a moral code, this moral standard. You see, what makes... Uh, Mother Teresa different from someone who's extremely uh, wicked, right? Uh, there's this objective standard of goodness by which we call God. And I always tell atheists, uh, how can you say something is good or evil if you have no uh, uh, objective standard that you're referring to? As C.S. Lewis said, you cannot call a crooked line a crooked unless you know what a straight line looks like. And that straight line is God, of which all uh, use this moral code to refer to. I love it. Thank you so much. I love that. that was like two minutes, and you gave three proofs yeah. for the existence of God. That's pretty. So, awesome. Roberto, you, your heart's on fire, and you want to share the faith so much. Um, you wrote a book, didn't you? Yes, it's called uh, "God Answered." It answers: Does God exist? Uh, why is there so much violence in the Old Testament? Was God just for that, and so forth? So we're we're going to go to a break, but before we go to our break, could you maybe share with our listeners if they want to get access to your book? How could they do that? Okay, uh, I actually have an app uh, called Practical Catholicism. It's only available for Androids now, but I'm working on getting it to Apple. Uh, so you can search on the Google Play Store, Practical Catholicism. Uh, the image is uh, crucifixion, and it's actually in the chapel I have in my home. And there you will find answers to various questions that you might have. Mm. Okay, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to bring you back on, Roberto, because I want to talk about how in the heck you started an app by yourself. So we're going to do that. Uh, you're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And uh, we are, we'll be right back. 
The wisdom of Mother Angelica. The devil will always do his best to tempt you into sin until you get to that place where you love sin. That's what he wants. He wants you down there with him. And not because he loves you, he hates you. When you do what the enemy tempts you to do, he does it out of pure hatred. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Want the latest pro-life news? Want it delivered? Sign up. It's free. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, your source for everything happening now in the fight to protect the sanctity of human life. New episodes delivered every week to your inbox. So if you really want to know, sign up today. Go to EWTN.com forward slash pro-life today. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us today, listeners, as as we've gone through the uh, an interview with, with an amazing um, young man, Roberto Raffo, who's been sharing about his call to teaching and apologetics and seeing people's hearts transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit, both communicated through a powerful encounter and through powerful intellectual pursuit. Yeah, Aaron, I think the last 30 minutes were something that every Catholic should listen to. Go it back just, and listen again. <laughs> it was just so rich with uh, with beauty and, and a call. So, Roberto, right before the break, you mentioned that you have a app, and it's called Practical Catholicism. Um, I'm intrigued. How did you start an app? You're 18 years old, right? You're in uh, university right now. So what did you do? How did you get this done? Yes. Uh, I was trying to figure out a way to reach Catholics uh, and unbelievers alike uh, throughout the world. And I thought, what better way than an app? Uh, And so I went to a website called iBuild.com and they have templates where I inserted my questions, answers, contact forms and so forth. Uh, I provided questions for why we believe in what we believe in as Catholics. And th- I posted this about a month ago, and it has over 510 downloads. And the way this started to spread is through my good friend, uh, uh, my previous church uh, that I went to. I emailed her, and I told her that uh, I have a new app. She promoted mm-hmm. it through friends, uh, through people in the church. And so it began to spread. And I think everyone should get this app. Uh, and study and learn it, uh, why we believe in what we believe. Yes, amen. Thank you so much. I want to give a, a completely selfish plug right now that if you are listening to the show and you've been um, inspired by Roberto, please download this app to support him and share it with others. Practical with the Catholicism, um, because I think God has an anointing on your life, Roberto, and I want to increase your influence uh, in any way we can. So thank you so much for that. And um, <clears throat> just the, the the value that you bring Roberto is is more than just an intellectual defense of the faith, right? That you you are a witness of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life, and and I believe that you're a witness to fearless, bold evangelization, right? How uh, the Holy Father has called us to be fearless evangelizers, right? And and to be uh, Holy Spirit filled evangelizers, and I I think that is that uh, you truly have that fearlessness and that boldness that mm-hmm. the, the church needs today. Um, so I thank you for that, and uh, I just want to honor the the work that God is doing in your life. Uh, that he's, he's about a great work. R- random question, Roberto: Did you have to pay for the app? <laughs> yes, but uh, I didn't mind how much I paid. It's not about money. it's about uh, 
people to faith in Christ. Even if it emptied my entire bank account, it doesn't matter because it's Christ over wealth. Ah, uh, so good. <laughs> I so love holy. that. So there's nothing this guy won't give, listeners. It's not about the money. It's not about the time. It's Praise about the, the gospel. And that's exactly oh, what the call to Christianity is. That I will give everything. And right now, I believe that God is looking at this generation. He's saying, I want to win a generation back for me. We've lost the generation. We've lost them. Who amongst you will give everything to me to return my church, my people back to me? It is a critical time in human history, and God pines for those believers who will give everything without cost, without merit, to give their lives for the proclamation of the gospel. Yeah. As we wrap up today's show, I I just want to invite our listeners back to two points. So uh, first and foremost, listeners, it is our responsibility, it's our Christian duty to learn well our faith, to know God well, to know the scriptures well, so that we can communicate the love of God to others, so that we can bring others into a life-changing, powerful encounter. And then the other piece, though, is don't be intimidated, right? Um, Roberto, you made, a, you made a comment earlier that as you're communicating, you're always planting seeds, I, I, I read a I read a testimony just the other day, and it was regrettably the testimony of a uh, of a young adult atheist, and he was talking about how he grew up in a Christian home, and throughout his childhood he had these conversations with other unbelievers who were planting seeds, and that ultimately as a young adult those seeds came to fruition in his life. Uh, friends, everybody's planting seeds. Mm. Uh, let's let our seeds be seeds of the gospel and seeds of faith in our young people in our sons and daughters in their friends in their sports you know teams that 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 we can actually through our words and through our life lived and through our encounters shared communicate the powerful impact that god's had in our lives and the powerful impact he can have in others yeah the gospel of john says jesus says i am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. You know, salvation is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. And no one comes to the Father except through Jesus and faith in him. And so, brothers and sisters, please share the gospel as often as you can. Roberto, thank you so much for joining us. We want to encourage all of our listeners to download his app, practical Catholicism and share it with others. Uh, Allow this man to proclaim the gospel more uh, and to more. And and also, if you've enjoyed this show and you want to share this show with others, you can download our app as well, Beyond Damascus, and you can share this episode with loved ones, family members, those who have lost the faith, uh, so that they can hear Roberto's story. You said uh, app, you meant podcast. I meant our podcast. I'm sorry. Go to the podcast, wherever podcasts are found, and download the podcast, Beyond Damascus. You've been listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're so grateful for you taking the time to listen. Aaron, can you close us in prayer? Yeah, Lord Jesus, we love you, and we're so inspired by the message you preach into our lives and by the call that you've given to us. God, give us the courage to answer that call every day. Speak to our lives through powerful encounters and call us into a life of extraordinary mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. We'll join us next week.